Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So I'm delighted to be able to bring to you today Stephanie Taylor onto the show. Now, Stephanie operates in the same field as myself, the property sector. But more importantly, what I try to do within this episode is to move the property to a side for a second and really focus on Stephanie as the incredible lady that she is. So if you want to find out more about her property journey after this episode, again, the links will always be in the show notes. But more importantly, this episode focuses on somebody who has literally chased her dreams across the whole of UK. She's been through ups and downs just to try and make her life better, not just for herself, but also for her son, Alex. And what you're also going to see is a lady who didn't have all the answers when she first started and through learning and failing and experience she started to develop this resilient mindset which has now seen her create a business earning hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds which is absolutely fantastic to see but you're also going to see vulnerability and it's actually the first guest who's ever shed a tear and it was during a moment that you may not necessarily expect especially given some of the adversities and the stories that we've had on the show today. Stephanie got emotional during one particular period and in hindsight when I really reflected back on it I fully understand why and I felt goosebumps not just in that moment but in hindsight afterwards. You see we speak a little bit about someone just caring, somebody who isn't affiliated to us so it's not a friend or a family, someone external but just showing the ability to care for someone and we touched on this briefly within this episode that wouldn't the world just be a much much better place if we could all just extend our arms and just try and help people and just try and care for people and show a bit of compassion rather than being so self-centered and so self-consumed in this kind of world that we're all trying to just get by in because at the end of the day we all want happiness we all want happiness 24 7 and we all want to be free from pain And I think if we have those thoughts in the back of our head when we start the day, we can hopefully live in such a positive manner that Stephanie is now trying to portray not only to her coaching clients, but to the world herself as she starts to now find her voice. Wouldn't the world just be just so much better? So once again, guys, I want to thank you all so much for your support. It's been absolutely incredible. The reviews have been flying in. We are now in the charts for mental health as well. And I do urge you just take a few moments, please, just to try and leave us a review. Try and share this with a friend any of the other stories this story this story is incredible you're really going to enjoy it. i am going to stop rambling any second now but thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart now without further ado let's get this show on the way okay thank you for tuning in today i have stephanie on the show and this is actually the third time now i am trying to do this introduction i have been showing my vulnerabilities in terms of making mistakes as i'm sure we're going to hear a lot of in this episode so stephanie has kindly come on to share her story i have to apologize in advance because i was getting engrossed in a story she was telling me and then something happened with the actual recording which is just part and parcel of this podcast but as with life we persevere and we've got to carry on so stephanie how are you doing i'm doing really well 
well, Aaron. Thanks so much. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Bless you, bless you. And thank you again, because I'm going to have to ask you literally the same question I asked you a few moments ago, which is I want you to tell the listeners about yourself and I want you to kind of give us a flavour of who you are and how you've kind of come about to where you are today. I mean, I know a little bit about you. I've had a couple of discussions offline, but I'm really interested for you to connect with the audience and a little bit of that story that you told me just before the recording all played up was really interesting. So if you could just maybe start from the beginning and then just kind of fill us in. Yeah, I'm going to still start from the bit that I'm comfortable with, Aaron, and Absolutely. then go, in, Absolutely. <laughs> go into the bit that I'm not so comfortable with. So I, I came across you on Facebook, as you said, and uh, somebody we both know, Donna Marie Pegg, who's been on the show and who's an absolute inspiration in terms of everything that she's a, a achieved, um, in, both in property and outside of property. And so when she recommended me to listen to your podcast, I thought it was going to be about property. Mm. And I was really blown away because Donna's story made me think about things in my past, which I don't think about very often. Mm. And in the last three years, I've gone into property and my life has changed a lot. I've grown so much and, and my circumstances have changed so much. But how what it makes me think about is how did I get from where I was as uh, a young girl, 19, when I uh, got pregnant with my son, Alex, mm. and as a single mum, and also the reasons for being in that relationship that I was in at the time, and so on, mm. uh, the where I was and, and my place in the world, um, to somebody who later on could start a business that has now uh, become, you know, reasonably successful, um, turning over £400,000 a year and, and with contracts just under £2 million every every five years. And it's just, how do you go from, from one to the other? And even in um, 2013 and 14, because life is not a straight line, mm. um, I had... Um, I was having a, a, a very low ebb and I was I was working in a, a just above minimum wage job and I was really um, unsure of myself and not sure whether I would be able to perform in, in, in that kind of job. Um, even though I had three degrees and um, experience of running uh, my own business in the past. So um, I, I hope that gives a little flavour of, of who I am um, and, uh, and and we can maybe dig into some more bits of it as we as we chat on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you just said some stuff there that I never knew about you. So you've came from being a single parent at 18 to your son, Alex, and then from working minimum wage to now having this established, very successful for in terms of £400,000 you're generating a year. Let me just say a little bit about the property. I know that that's not where we're going to be focusing, but just so that um, your listeners can understand. So um, when I started the business three years ago with my sister, um, we weren't going into it with a, lot, a, a huge amount of money, but that's another thing that you can start a, a successful property business and then eventually move on to buying your own properties mm. and creating wealth with only a little bit of money to start and um, that was the strategy or one of the strategies we used for that was called is called rent to rent 
where you rent your properties for three to five years, you agree a guaranteed rent with the landlords and you rent them out for more money and everybody knows what's happening within that relationship and everybody is happy with it. Mm. And um, by doing an exceptional job for the landlords and for your tenants, you can then make money in between and from that cash flow, we've then been able to buy uh, our own properties as well, worth over a million pounds. So, so yeah, so that's really been transformative. But I think what attracted me to your podcast mm. is um, the space to talk about other things that even my good friends who've known me for mm. years, an actual person, won't know about because I don't even talk about them actually to myself very often. And that's kind of what I want to do as well. So it's funny how you mentioned that you assumed that I would be doing a property podcast because a lot of people on social media assume me as the property guy. Because obviously, Mm -hmm. like yourself, I invest in property as well. But property's never really been my passion. And it's never really been the thing that gets me out of bed. Things like this, like having a deep connection with someone, having that conversation with someone, or really seeing how people transform their lives, or how some people are dealt certain cards, and some people are dealt maybe better cards, but why the person who's dealt maybe the worst cards does better. And I always Mm -hmm. find that fascinating. And I always believe that sometimes the best, people in the world are those people who have had to suffer with some level of adversity and like many of my listeners a bit like myself a bit like you adversity has kicked me in the ass like over and over and over but every single time that it does I do come back stronger I do come back more resilient so I always want to dive into the mind of somebody and I and then try and give the listeners some value from that and on your brief introduction there, you mentioned something from having a minimum wage job to now creating a fantastic business within the space of three years. And I want to ask you a question is, what changed then? What what could you tell our listeners that you had to do yourself, whether it's a personal development thing, whether it was a coaching thing or a learning thing, for you to think, hold on, this isn't enough for me. This isn't enough for me and my son. I'm now going to go change the game. What was that turning point? Um. It's when I reflect back on it, it's finding it within yourself to believe that it's possible. Mm. Um, Really, you have to be able to switch to, yes, I can do this. But sometimes that's such a huge leap from not being able to do basic things to being able to see yourself as successful. It just seems too far of a stretch. Mm. But if you can just say to yourself, "Okay, other people are doing this. This is possible for me. And that can help you to take the actions you need to take to have the little victories that are going to um, take you on your steps to the to the bigger victories. And if I if I just um, should I say why I think that I had reached that sort of low point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll just recap a little bit because um, I had my son and uh I I had been at college at the time and um, so I hadn't completed my A-levels and um, so I was pregnant with him and then I, I wanted to work. I had it in my head that um, I needed to work and that I, I shouldn't be on benefits and so when, when he was born I then went out to work but I was on a low paid job because obviously I didn't have any qualifications and I was, I was quite young mm. and um, what I found was the it wasn't working out because the pay was quite low and the childcare was quite expensive. And also I was missing my baby, uh, you know, he was missing me. And so I decided then to stay at home, be on benefits mm. and um, do university. And um, through 
online, uh, sorry, through the Open University. It wasn't even online in those days. It was all it was all delivered in the mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was all delivered in the post. And then they had these summer schools where you would go along. So I did that for three years. And then when Alex went to school, I then um, went to university full time and I, I got a year off. I was doing a four year sandwich degree. And I've actually heard you say that you um, were a social worker. Absolutely, yeah, I was. Mm. Yeah, and this was a four year sandwich degree course where you had a year at, on a social work placement and you also got your social work diploma as well as your um, bachelor's uh, in sociology. So, so I was doing this um, at our local polytechnic and Alex was at school. And then um, eventually uh, I, I graduated with a first. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And I, I then went on to be uh, working part time at the university, doing research and also doing uh, filling in for lecturers, so doing some lecturing. And I, I had another part time job as a tutor and I, I was doing little little bits and pieces like that, fitting in with uh, um, Alex. Mm-hmm. And eventually on from there it's quite a long story so i'll just no no please carry on it's fine oh right so i i i got um another degree at um birmingham university then um in international relations and uh i i really uh, got so much out of it Mm. but i just explain all that to give you a little bit of insight so that um you can you can see, obviously, that I had, you know, I had something to offer. Mm. And I then went on to do some professional jobs. Um, but in 2013-14, what had happened was I had, I, had, um, I had been working for a while and I had reached what I thought was a, a fantastic job. And it was, uh, uh, there's so much to the story because we were living in Birmingham. I'm, I'm skipping about. We were living in Birmingham at this point. Mm-hmm. And after I did my master's degree, um, it really felt that Birmingham was sort of, I was in a rut in Birmingham or where I was in Birmingham. The people I knew, I was in a rut in Birmingham and I, I felt I wanted to move. And also I felt that Alex would have a better experience growing up mm-hmm. uh, in a different place. And um, so I was looking around the UK as to where we could move to and over a, a quite a convoluted story which we may be able to come back to which I won't go into now we moved to Edinburgh when Alex was nine and that was a brilliant experience in so many different ways and I think Alex loved growing up there um I can't remember where I was going to but I needed I needed to be in Edinburgh to carry on with the rest of the story <laughs> it's fine what was the question it's fine it's, you were just giving obviously a backstory in relation to oh, how a little bit about yourself yeah how absolutely yeah so when we got to Edinburgh um, the, the the convoluted story was that I had I had um, applied for some jobs in Edinburgh mm. because um, I'd had this light bulb in Birmingham actually you could just move to the place and get a job the similar like you're doing in Birmingham you know mm. it doesn't have to be a big deal so I had applied for a job in Birmingham and it was as a research fellow on um, a university research project and this was pushing it a little bit I thought because I had done some research and I had um, done some lectureships and but you know I was still you know relatively uh, a novice um, at all this and uh, so I was amazed to get an interview and so I went to uh, Edinburgh on the train and 
went to the interview and it was it was it was overwhelming but exciting and overall a really positive experience and there were five people it was behind one of those big tables uh, with a chair in the middle and two either side and mm. I was sitting at a little tiny desk in front uh, just sort of um, uh, but I got into my flow and I thought I did the best I could with what I had and they seemed really interested and really taken. And the chair was asking me, um, where will you be later on? Because, you know, that was the days. This was, was this the year? It was probably around 1990, 1999. Mm-hmm. And the chair was asking me, where am I going to be afterwards? Because it was before most people didn't have a mobile phone at that time. Uh, and so he wanted to know which number I was going to be on. And I thought, oh, my God, they, they want to call me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so uh, I went off and obviously I was on a high and um, I'd had a great experience in Edinburgh. It was it was um, blossom filled trees across the meadows and wow. it was it was a glorious day in May. And I just enjoyed wandering around the city and I'd stayed overnight and I took the train back to Birmingham and I was just in a state of high excitement and I got back home. And, you know, I was thrilled to see Alex, obviously, and I couldn't wait to get to my answering machine because I was convinced <laughs> that there were going to be a message, but no calls. Right. And uh, so I waited and waited and I realised eventually, obviously, that there's not going to be a call. And um, about 10 days later, a, a letter came through the post and it was the most beautiful letter. Um, it was about one and a half pages long and it was so beautifully written with such care and he had said um he had said um he had said that uh, i'm crying just thinking about how mm. much he really cared do you know what i mean mm-hmm. take your time it it just really touched me but anyway it's not this is not even the sad <laughs> this is not even the sad part of the story <laughs> This is a happy part, but he said that um, he they were so impressed by me, and not only that, he went into the reasons of why why they were impressed, and they thought I would be good for this role, and actually, I would also be good for other roles in international bodies, and they suggested some what some of those could have been, mm. and they also said that they'd taken on somebody who was a research student there already and she had done their her phd with them and it just seemed like the natural choice to take this person Mm. but would i be interested in doing a phd at at the university and um i had said obviously i was over the moon um i don't think i cried (laughs) (laughs) um but i was over the moon but what touches me now is Reflecting back is mm. the care. Mm. Just a minute. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, what, what touches me now is the care that, that these people took mm. uh, for someone, you know, they didn't know. But anyway, um, mm. so a year after that, I was starting to think to myself, uh, it takes me a long time. Oh, bless you. I don't need to be going for a specific job like that that would be an ideal job for me. I could just go for an everyday job. And 
an email came through and you know sometimes emails from the past pop up and I thought oh gosh here's an email from a year ago that's just popped into my inbox Mm -hmm. and then I realized no it's it's now it's now they're writing to me now oh my gosh Edinburgh University are writing to me again and now they had some funding for master's degrees Mm -hmm. and they're funding for master's degrees with this same research council but the university gets to choose who they want to give them to okay so they were offering me, would I like to go and do one of these master's degrees um, and with the funding, you know, uh, the t- to pay my tuition and um, a bit of living costs. And obviously I was delighted and ecstatic. And mm. it was another sort of twisting tale because what happened then was that the research council changed their rules the previous year to say if you already had a master's degree, which I did, you couldn't, you were not eligible for this funding. Mm. Um, but again, the um, the university and in particular Professor Mike Adler had written to the principal explaining this long story mm. and asking whether the university would consider paying my tuition fees. Mm-hmm. And so they said, yes, they would pay the tuition fees. And so I then only needed to meet my living expenses mm. and I got a little job at the mature student support office which is on the same campus so it was perfect mm-hmm. and 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 we moved we moved and and it was fantastic and and when I got there I I did this master's degree I had the opportunity to do a PhD and which I decided against and I um I got an amazing job at the at the Scottish government it's now called but at the time it was the Scottish executive and um, it's it's coming down from there to to where we're about to talk to. That's why I've had to sort of build the story. No, that's brilliant. Up to um, where 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 it's come down to, because if, if it's it's kind of even I can't believe how could you come down mm. from there so far. But what 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 happened over the next seven years is I totally burnt myself out, and I I I realise now that what I didn't know I didn't know about mindset. I didn't know about um, how to, yeah, how to master your mindset, how to systemize your business, how to outsource and develop your business beyond yourself. And also, I didn't know that there are people who've done everything. There's no unique problems, that the solution Absolutely. to my problem is easily available and out there. It's not something I have to struggle to work out. And if I don't know the answer, it's not knowable. Um, so I burnt myself out by doing everything myself. And um, not growing or scaling in the way that I, I needed to be able to do. So, so that's the backdrop. So I'm in this position now, where seven years later, I've decided to give up that business, mm-hmm. um, uh, sold it on to some one of the other members of the club, and and just not not work. And I was so relieved. And for a couple of months, I didn't do anything. Um, but then. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do next? I didn't feel I could go back to the professional careers that I'd had before. And I just thought, I just need to do something. What about, I'll do some just tempering, temp, tempering, temporary <laughs> yeah. uh, work, you know, just some temping admin work and um, get back into, you know, working and I take it from there. Mm. Um, but I was at such a low ebb. I, didn't realize it at the time that I was really unsure about uh, the work and um, I had really got myself into a situation where I was doing something really mundane such as it was a receptionist at a car showroom a a very swanky cars um, 
and hardly anyone came in. It was, it, you know, it's, it's it's not a high volume traffic area. So it was a boring, 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 <laughs> you know, some reception jobs can be interesting. But for me, anyway, that's not my, that's not my mission vision. But what, the thing that happened that brought things to a head and that made me realise that, you know, I, I've got, I, I, I'm off the boil is that a job became available, a full-time job became available at this receptionist uh, place. And I applied for it. And the job was very low paid. And I didn't even know the pay when I applied for it. Um, and I I didn't get it. And I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. I just thought I was totally worthless and that I couldn't even get this particular kind of a job. And what was I going to do? Because now nobody wants me and I, I can't do anything and I'm totally worthless. And um, and I met the lady who got the job uh, because I needed to show her what to do. Mm. And I kind of understood at some level then when I, why I didn't get the job because she was she was so over the moon to have this job. And you could see that the job was going to be her whole life. Mm. And looking back on it now, I think that the person who was interviewing just knows that that, that job's not the right job for me. Um, it was the right job for her, but it, it's not the right job for me. Um, but I, I was locked in that scenario for a little while, you know. I didn't come straight out of it after that. And um, I, I did get out of it. And I got out of it by just recognising that more was possible for me because all of your, for all of us, all of our skills and abilities are inside us. Mm. Everything that we need to be successful is already inside us. So it was inside me when I was going for low-paid jobs and it's inside me now when I'm running a successful business. And the only difference is, do I think it's possible for me or not? Do I believe in myself or not? And if I believe in myself, then I'm taking the actions that I need to take to make it happen for me. And if I don't believe in myself, then I'm not. And that is the simple switch that it can be really hard to make. I think that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I just want to I've got so many things I want to talk about actually in relation to your story so uh, bear with me there's going to be quite a few questions if you don't mind but just that last bit that you just said really resonated with me because it's probably something that I can resonate with right now in my life so you you said everything is already within us in order to to achieve whatever it is that we want to achieve Mm -hmm. and that clicked with me actually funnily enough last week so I'm in the process, again, similar to yourself, property is my kind of bread and butter. It's, it provides my my income, basically. And I'm either going to make a hell of a lot of money this year, more than I've ever made, and massively increase my portfolio, or we're also waiting for surveys and valuations and all of that stuff I'm not going to get into for this podcast that they might just fall through. However, I'm still the same person, and I've still come this far, but there used to be a previous me, and hopefully this makes a bit of sense, where if that deal falls through, my whole self-worth would be attached to me failing or that deal not coming through. Whereas now I've got the mindset where whether that comes or not, I'm still the same person. I've still grown how much I have. Because what I want people to do is not attach their self-worth on a result or having to achieve something, i.e. a piece of paper or grading, for example. Because sometimes it's not always that black and white. And that's what mm-hmm. I learned about myself because I used to kick myself and I used to get deals falling through or not making enough profit, for example. And now it's it's about enduring the process, enjoying the process as well. 
And mm-hmm. I've learned that so much and it's about growing as an individual. And you've said some beautiful things in this. But at the same time, prior to us starting this, you mentioned that you wanted to discuss your vulnerabilities. So I acknowledge you for doing that. And thank you for sharing that thing when you mentioned the letter and how just when somebody takes so much care in you, look how much impact that has had on your life up until now. We're having this discussion years on and that has still had such a profound effect on your life, which I think is beautiful. And I think that's a message that we should all we should all try and take care of each other and ourselves. But then there's also a vulnerability that's quite evident. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you here, by the way, but I suffer with it myself where there's a self-worth and a self-belief element that I feel somewhere along your journey that it dips for you. Like, yes, you're achieving incredible things, but then at the same time, you're also kind of negating yourself or your own ability. And the one thing I touched on Forgive me if, if I've completely gone off tangent, but you said something when you started the story and you were like, oh, actually, I'll just shorten it. It's not that important. And the reason I want to pick up on that is because when I was, I think I was 21 at the time, I was working as a project manager for an engineering firm and they do an icebreaker. So, you know, when you have an icebreaker and you introduce the person next to you and you say something interesting, the person next to me asked me to say something interesting about myself. And I was like, oh, there's nothing interesting about me. Don't worry. I, I won't take up nobody's time. And it kind of went around the room. And then the guy at that time, he was a bit of a mentor to me. And I'll always remember him because it had a massive effect on me in my life. He pulled me to the side um, that afternoon and he just says, um, like, never say like, oh, I'll shorten my story or it's, it's, it's irrelevant or it's not important. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, there's nothing special about me. There's no point. Let's listen to other people. And he's like, no, that's not how the world works. And then he, he said something and it always just stuck in my mind and he was like, if you don't blow your own trumpet in this world, nobody else is going to do it for you. And I'm not here to say, you know, we should all just be talking about how wonderful we are, but we should also all be here and acknowledge how beautiful and how special we are as well and our gifts. And whether that is a vulnerability, whether that is anxiety or whether that is shyness, we should definitely encourage that. And I know you touched on it that you now have started doing this with the people that you coach and I think that's a beautiful thing I've done personal training for eight years and the first thing I say to all of my clients is listen I was fat I couldn't walk up six stairs without gasping for air I had a binge eating disorder I've had all of the things that you've gone through so I've been there and the moment you say that you see somebody then look at you in a completely different light and it's Mm -hmm. beautiful because then like you said it and it's your words because they were beautiful words that you said prior to us starting this you make the impossible seem possible um, so I, I just think I think it's beautiful like, I know you you felt like you were all over the place but I was with you on your journey following it around <laughs> and uh, it's nice to get that because I do feel that you have some you've, you've achieved incredible success but I do as I'm going through this journey of the podcast and I'm meeting incredible people ac- across the world who are teaching me a lot about myself I think the number one thing we have to do is really start to enjoy ourselves and love ourselves as much as we love others for example like i'm sure you alex is probably the number one most important person in the world to you but is it wrong that you could be number one as well if that makes sense yeah yeah um i was listening to that and i thought oh my gosh i think some people would be I think it's true what you're saying in, uh, you know, you do well, I do then edit myself and censor myself, mm. but I have been much better at putting myself forward because, you know, in business, you have to put yourself forward. You mm. have to let people know what you do. If you think you offer a, a great service and that one that can help people, mm. um, then you need to put it out there. And 
I'm I'm the marketing arm of our business mm. and I I I found it hard at the beginning, but I, I think that and sometimes I still find it hard. But I think people would be surprised or incredulous to hear that because it seems mm. like I'm always putting myself out there. And um I am because I I recognize how important it is now and um, why I sort of came across you is because I, I have been going on more podcasts and mm. talking about, but not talking about what we've been talking about, yeah. talking about the other the other side of it and the, the, the sides where we're uncomfortable. But I think it is important for other people to get comfortable with mm. sharing um, sharing what they do and what they offer because um, when people come into the course, the thing that, well, one of the things that holds them back is that, yes, you need to talk to landlords. Yes, you need to talk to agents. But you also need to tell everybody within your own network what you do. And you need to believe it as well. <laughs> so so, um, so that's so important. So we get them to practice um, saying it. And um, it's an important skill to be able to be authentic to who you are and, and also be able to say what you do. Absolutely. I think that's a great lesson. And I encourage people as well after this. So obviously my podcast isn't property, but to follow, if you are interested in learning about property, to obviously follow Stephanie's story and maybe liaise with her about the services that she offers. Because one thing I've noticed myself, and maybe you may have been guilty of this yourself previously, I probably leave a lot of money, I suppose, on the table because I don't necessarily sell my services. I've never sold, for example, personal training services or coaching services. Everything's always been kind of word of mouth. But something I've realized recently is that it's the people who are most known that generally get most business. For example, HSBC Bank, the biggest building in London, will probably get the most attraction for people looking for a bank account. Is that necessarily the best bank account? it's debatable there's probably better ones out mm. there so sometimes it's not always the best people or the most liked people or the nicest genuine people who will get all of the business so there almost comes a point where we have to put ourselves out there mm. i know you've had the anxiety stuff i've massively suffered with it yet people think oh but you've got a youtube channel and i'm like mm. you have not seen that a three minute clip on youtube takes me six hours to do because i'm messing up my words as i messed up the intro for this before we started three times i have to edit everything out but then i still put it out there just in the hope that somebody sees a shy kid with a funny little accent putting himself out there and then hopefully it sparks them to say you know what i've got a message i want to share it and that's pretty much why i do find your voice and i think it's brilliant that you're now putting yourself out there i think you've got a great message i think this will obviously hit your clients and the people that come into you to get to know you a little bit more as well because people mm -hmm. do buy into people so one yes it's fantastic you're going to get known within the you're already known in, within the industry because i knew who you were but two when you know a person and you know their vulnerabilities and they seem human rather mm -hmm. than this fake social media perspective where everyone's just happy 24 mm -hmm. 7 it's yeah. not the case and it's brilliant hearing someone who's creating hundreds of thousands of pounds a year of income saying actually i'm still working on myself Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful so honestly I acknowledge you for sharing that so thank you for that mm -hmm. and on that basis then I just want to ask now so I'm going to call you successful because you're very successful in everything that you're doing and you're learning and that's that's the beautiful thing about it but what's a day like for you mm -hmm. what's your daily routine like because I, I always want to give my listeners some insight into what successful people are doing on a daily basis Okay, so um, it's it's a bit of a mix, um, and I'm going to tell you a few of the things that I am doing, 
and how I would like my mornings to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, because I for, for for a little while I had this lovely morning routine where I've I had an app called Calm, and so I would meditate um, for a few minutes, and then um, do some exercise. And then come back and go in my. I've got a sauna at home, a little infra, far mm. infrared sauna, um, in my bedroom, which I I'm just so I'm just so thrilled to have. It's about the size of a big wardrobe. It's quite a small bedroom, so I didn't think it would, it would work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but it does. So so that that feels um a bit luxurious. And then really it varies after that. And the the morning doesn't always go like that, but that's my ideal. Uh, morning routine mm. and at, at the moment I'm in a juice I'm on a juice um, and soup uh, thing for 28 days mm. and I'm just coming up to the end of it because I've had a period health is is one of is my number one value because it's so easy for me to go into a state of unhealthiness and that really makes me mm. unproductive in all the other areas of my life so um, I make that my number one priority and um, and I really have let it slide uh, in the weeks uh, previous. So, so I'm now. Um, I think I'm on about day 23 or something of this eight. Uh, tw- sorry, 28 days of the juice. So, so I then go onto the juice. And I'm a morning person, so uh, I do my creative work in the morning, and then I set up the afternoon to be able to do anything where I need to be meeting with with other people. So. So that, that 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 part of the day can can vary quite a lot. Sometimes I'm speaking uh, in the evenings, um, and we have our live online coaching calls for the people who are working with us, which is obviously it gives me so much joy going through those because, yeah, the major transformations are really the ones that take place in the mind mm. that help us to take the actions that we're taking or that we need to take. Simple actions that we need to take, um, but just making us take them. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you. So there's some definitely great insights there for people that want to, I suppose, level up. And I think health, so you call it health, I call it myself. So I always have like the top three priorities that I always try and live my life towards. And one of them is myself. And within that obviously falls health because without your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health or spiritual or however many you see, we have to focus on that because without that, we can't, one, obviously move forward in terms of business and life, but two, we can't also help other people as well. So yeah, I think mm. that's fantastic. And it's something that is very common amongst almost everyone, I suppose, that I've interviewed. So thank you for sharing that. And now let's go back, if, if we may then, to a time of adversity for yourself. So you've obviously been up and down a fair bit and you've had your fair share of, I'd say, interesting journeys and different Mm. careers and stuff but if you could just think of maybe one specific time of adversity where in that moment maybe you were thinking oh my god this is actually the end of the world but then in hindsight having persevered through it you've realized actually that was brilliant and Mm. could you just maybe give us a lesson or two maybe from that yeah I think there are so many like this um even when you become in quotes successful Mm. um there can be there are so many challenges and in fact there are more challenges the more successful you become the more challenges you have because when you're living in your comfort zone maybe you're in a job you don't enjoy but you go there and it's somebody else's rules and you come in and you watch telly or whatever and your life is just going past you there's there are very few challenges in that actually 
um, when you start up leveling and putting yourself out there and trying to change the game for yourself and trying to be a better person and get better results, then that's when the failing really, really starts mm. to to ramp up. And so I think that the, the, the biggest challenges, or at least the challenges that are coming to mind right now are the recent challenges and the challenges of when we first started this and going into it with having failures to look back on and you're not looking back from having that consistent success and that have, you're not looking back from a position of previously being able to make things things work. Mm. I think sometimes one of the powerful things that I've learned um, in, in the last few years is we have to ask ourselves better questions. Mm. Um, and the better questions are, we've now signed this contract um, with somebody for three years, for example. Mm. And so the question is, how can we make this work? Yes. How could this work? Mm. What would I need to know to make this work? Who could help me make this work? Um, there's always information and people who can who have made this thing work and who could help you to know how to make it work. And when you ask those better questions, you know, you get better answers because your subconscious mind is so powerful. Um, you know, when you go to bed asking yourself questions, I often find asking yourself good questions. I often find that the answers come to me in the morning. I have to sleep with a pound yeah, by the yeah. bed mm. because your subconscious mind knows everything that you know, um, but are not conscious of. And um, it, it's working for you and coming up with the answers. So I think I encourage people to tap into that resort, tap into the knowledge that there are other people who can help you get past your problems and and tap into the, the, the power of your subconscious mind by asking the right questions. Mm, absolutely. I, th I think that's a brilliant, brilliant bit of guidance there to ask yourself the right questions. And again, it all comes down to your subconscious. So if somebody's actually looking for solutions, then your subconscious will indirectly either show you things in the world or show you opportunities or show you people that can help you with those solutions. Whereas if you're kind of, I suppose, and I've been there where I've spent so much of my time focusing on the actual problem uh, mm. and my anxiety has gone through the roof, I'm stressed at my eyeballs and you can't see clearly. You're not thinking with logic, you're thinking mm. with emotion and it's an absolute nightmare. And mm. um, I've been there, especially with properties, but I bet you now if that same situation or scenario happened tomorrow you'd be in such a much better place one from obviously your learning but two from your ability to handle it yeah and one thing I heard is that and I like this way of thinking is that when you first start out in a new area you can only handle level one or two problems in fact level one or two problems are probably going to send you into a tailspin oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh mm. um you know uh I can't think of a level two, one or two problems, um, but things send you into a tailspin. But once you um, have solved level one and two problems, you found out how to do it. You found out that there was a system online that you could look to or there was a person who helped you with it. Um, then you're facing three, level three or four or five or six. And gradually the level of problems that you experience gets bigger. So. For example, us running our business now, we're experiencing different problems than we have ever experienced previously. But we know that there are people out there who can help us solve those problems because there are people running multi-million dollar, multi-million pound business, property businesses and, and uh, you know, 
ten million dollar property and hundred million dollar property who've got much bigger problems and they're equipped to deal with those problems at those levels. So we need to equip ourselves to deal with those bigger problems that are going to come to us at, at each level of our growth, um, uh, personally and and in business. And knowing that really gives me uh, really gives me confidence because it means that I can grow enough to. Um, to match up to the level of problems that are being presented to me and uh, I won't get the next level of problem until I can master the current level like I won't have the problem of a multi a million dollar business until I can master the problems of having um, you know a half a million dollar pound business absolutely absolutely I think that's a brilliant answer and it makes so much sense in terms of how you just said with the level ones and twos because Again, I can resonate with it. I'm sure anyone who's gone through any change or any level of growth in their life can as well. And just on that then, so having this level of confidence right now in your life today, what's your biggest fear? What's my biggest fear? I think the biggest fear is looking back and feeling that I did not make the most of my potential. So when I talked about the time when I was going for the minimum wage jobs mm. and not thinking that I was good enough for them, um, I really believed that at the time and I didn't realise that there was anything wrong with that way of thinking until I reflect back. So I have to challenge myself now to challenge myself in my thinking. Am I thinking big enough? Am I growing? Am I pushing myself? Am I feel, Do I feel afraid? If I don't feel afraid in some area of my business or anxious or slightly concerned I feel I'm not growing and for me at the moment it's very important to grow so what I'm afraid of is not growing and then looking back and feeling that I didn't make the most of mm. um uh the, the potential to, to not just to grow the business which which is important but also to the impact that we'll be able to have when we have when we have that success the impact on on other people that's um it's interesting you said that and i want to ask you just a, a spin-off question off that then so again similar to yourself and probably a lot of people hopefully li that listening to this we're on a we're on a, almost a personal development journey where we're always trying to grow we're always trying to be progressing whatever we're doing do you feel that the answer in terms of maxing out your potential has become more of a recent kind of fear in terms of not being able to max it out or was it something that you've always thought because if I think back to when I was a university student my biggest fear was probably I don't know not having enough money to go drinking on the weekend for example <laughs> that's something very trivial and then yeah. as, as I start to level up and then I reflect back and I look at where I was six months ago or I look at where I was even two or three weeks ago and I'm like okay you've improved one percent here or two percent here and then I get really excited because I'm like how much better will I be in six years' time or in 16 years' time? And I get excited by almost like the long game. And then mm. I have the exact kind of same answer that you just said, which is why I find it interesting is, I think it'd be a disservice to the world. If I can if I can inspire one person with this episode, it would be a shame that I don't max that out and try and inspire a million people instead. And you've kind of touched on that. Do you think that's been a recent kind of fear of yours or have you always had that? Yeah, definitely it's been a recent thing because my fears before were much more uh, much more personal um, mm. and much more basic you know um, there were times when I didn't have enough money you know to do the things the basic things that I wanted to do and I would have to sort of have one of these lists where it's 
um, you know, £12.42 is going to be for this. And, you know, £16.47 is going to be for that. And, oh, my gosh, um, what am I going to do about that? You know, so in those days, you know, my fears were very basic. But I would just love to go back to that girl and say, but you can you can achieve so much more. It's all within you. Um, if If my mind had been focused on you know, maybe how could I earn more money in a different, a different way? Um, not as a job. Um, how could I, you know, what skills do I have that I could offer to people? Um, if I had seen more value, um, in, in myself and, um, I just feel that it's not a waste because everything that you have has brought you to the perfect point. Of course. But, but I, I, I do, I do wish that I had, I had got all this sooner, and, and that's <laughs> yeah, why one of, one of my passions is um, to to share that with other people, to mm. be the catalyst for other people, to help them see. So maybe there's somebody who's in that similar situation to to I was, and 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 they hear this and they think, ah, you know, I I could do something because. What, what's often the problem for us all is is not resources, mm. it's resourcefulness. resourcefulness. Absolutely. Yeah. So we haven't got the resources, but we have. If we had the resourcefulness, we could mm. get the resources because we live in one of the richest countries in the world, Absolutely. and almost everyone who's in a position to listen to this could, if they put their mind to it. For example, if they think they've got no money and they're completely broke, they could raise five hundred pounds in within within a month. You know, nearly everyone can do that. And then when you think up from there, what what value can I give mm. to people that they would exchange for money? That that that's one of the questions to start asking. How can you improve the value that you can offer to people so that you can you you could earn more money if, if that's something that you 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 want to do? Absolutely. No, that's again. This, this is this is brilliant. I'm, I'm standing here now, and I've, I had goosebumps when you were saying that because I'm resonating with the bit where you're saying, "Yes, you appreciate like none of the lessons and you know the trials that you've been through in life were a waste because it's obviously brought you to where you are now." But my God, wouldn't it have been more fun if we had it earlier? But at the same time, I love the thing about you, and it's something that I've always tried to do is knowing what I know now I don't want people so I use my younger brother as, as an example he's nine years younger than me the first thing I want him to do is have everything that I have right now right where he is now I don't mm. want him to be mm. nine years older and then almost trying to find his voice and find his way in life I want him to have it now so I'm banging on at him almost on a daily basis like you have to read this you have to understand this you have to get rid of all these limiting beliefs that you've seen me grow up with or what so-and-so has said to you, you can do it. And I suppose it is difficult, especially when you, you've grown up and you've not really had role models who have maybe gone those extra few lengths. So the only inspiring people we ever saw were on the TV or on YouTube, for example. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to break that mold and I'm really hoping that that mold is going to be broken very, very soon just to kind of inspire them, my younger brothers and sisters even more so to think, hold on, if they can do it, then it becomes a little bit more believable. But mm -hmm. I definitely share your passion. It's literally why I do what I do. If you look at mm -hmm. every, almost 99% of my posts, it's just trying to give people tips so they don't make the same mistakes as me because I couldn't give a damn if they get there 10 years before me. In fact, I'll be so much happier because all I've got from these 10 years of stress is just grey hair for no reason. <laughs> and I could do without it because I just about just about managed to grow a beard and now it's turning grey. But yeah, I, I, lo I love that um, enthusiasm and just that compassion from you that you want to do that. And I think, I think that's beautiful.
and uh, you also somehow managed to fit in a question I was going to ask you. So I want to kind of rewind and maybe just get a little bit more into it is you said if I could speak to that little girl again and then you, you mentioned something that there's that she can achieve so much more. There's so much more in her. Yeah. What else would you say or could you just elaborate maybe a little bit on that? Because that is one of the questions I always ask after the, the fun part of the show, which is coming up next. Yeah. What would I say? It's I think I would say it's possible for you because when you're in that place and sometimes you don't even realize you're in a low place because that just is your mindset. Um, you're not aware necessarily that there are other mindsets that are available to you. Um, so I would just encourage to say it's possible for you. The things you dream of, it's possible for you. Um, I, I would, I want you to get to, I want everyone to get to, yes, yes, you can. Mm. Yes, you can. Um, but to start off with, um, yes, you can, or yes, I can do something that seems so much bigger than where you are. Is It feels like a lie. And this is something that Les Brown says. And I listen to his uh, videos and he gets me fired up mm. uh, in the mornings. I, I, that's the other thing I didn't mention in my daily. Whenever I'm uh, in the mornings, I, I um, have the videos on while I'm showering and all that. And whenever I get in the car, I'm on the podcasts. And um, that that's made such a huge difference in my life because some of these concepts that I'm sharing with you, they're, they're just things I've heard over the last few years of this, watching the videos and and listening to the podcasts and um podcasts like 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 yours that are about how to grow your mind how to be a better burden how to live life with a higher level of of joy and i i'm not sure that i've answered your question but no, I no you have you have absolutely i was actually having a conversation going off on a tangent here with a friend yesterday and one of the things he wants to do is go back into schools and kind of teach him the stuff he's learned post-school i.e. the mindset stuff, the stuff that you and I are now learning about growth mindset because we're seeing influences, we're seeing Les Brown. Now, Les Brown, for me, is he's one of my favourites in terms of I read his book and it was on that day I quit social work and I just turned off turned off the engine and just jumped out of that plane and thought, I'm going to go into property. And he kind of had this thing about him. I, I loved it and that really drove me. So I get all of that. And a lot of the stuff I probably say is the messages are simple that are out there it's just people have a different way of saying them and I just try and say them in a way that's more relatable to people I try and not just show you the good side I also try and show you the bad side as well but your answer is absolutely fine I think it's something that we could all in hindsight think oh man I wish I just knew this as a kid and it would help and obviously we can't unfortunately go back in time but what we can do is help the younger generation to have that advice yeah and one other thing i would add to 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 that girl is that is the slight edge message which is it's the little steps you take nearly every day it's not about the big leap you don't need to make a big leap and the big leap can feel scary and terrifying and unavailable to you but the little step seems absolutely doable and possible and just knowing that over time all those little steps are going to take you to an amazing place and that little time can be as little as a year, two years, three years. But what happens is people don't realize the power of those little steps. And they maybe give up after a week, a month or a few months. And they don't get to reap the rewards of a year, two years and three years. Um, in five years, the, 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 what you can do within five years is phenomenal. Because if you think about this, this property experience that we're on, 
we are we are three years in so we've still got two years to go and the, the last two years of this five-year period are going to be so much more powerful than the first three years so everything that we've already achieved is going to more than double within the next two years and so when when we are talking about a five-year period that's a period of your life that actually goes by quite quickly but if you just take the small steps and think, okay, this is this isn't just a, a one minute plan. Mm. This is a um, a three to five year plan. Um, that these might these changes are insignificant today, but within the context of you know a year, three years, five mm. years, um, these che- this little step is going to make a massive difference. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Darren Hardy says it in the compound effect as well. And yeah. um, I've I've recently listened to a book. Uh, well, it's a classic. I've listened to it before by Dale Carnegie on how to start worrying and start living. Mm-hmm. And he he mentions something in there which is living in daytime compartments. So mm-hmm. it's just about doing whatever you can in in that particular day and not really getting yourself overwhelmed with the whole grand scheme of things, which is easily done. Especially like with social media, we feel we should be here or we're seeing everyone almost doing amazing all the time, and we we almost sometimes compare ourselves to other success whereas it is those little steps every single day that that make it happen and I always use the fitness analogy because it's something I'm comfortable with it's something that I've demonstrated from going from a fat person to getting into shape and people always say simple things like it's easy for you you must have a fast metabolism for example or your genetics are different but I'm like I've been doing this for eight years and I've been doing this for six days a week. Mm-hmm. And even if I've gone for a drink on, on the weekend, the next day I'm in the gym, like everything I've done, it's a compound effect. I didn't one day just wake up suddenly and have a six pack because I decided to do crunches the night before. And and, I've, <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of, I'm trying to instill oh. that in people. Yeah, I know, sadly that, that just doesn't work. But I suppose we're in a society where everyone wants that instant gratification and they want the results for their work straight away. It's like they've worked so hard 16 hours a day, once or twice, but I'm like, just try that for three years and see where you end up because mm. it will get easier and you will get better and you will skill up. And then soon, sooner or later, if I work 16 hours in five years time, it's going to be a hell of a lot more productive than my 16 hours now. So uh, that's a brilliant message. And on that note, actually, we're going to completely flip the scripts and we're going to go into the fun part of the show, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with, where mm. I just give you as many questions as I possibly can in 60 to 90 seconds. There are no right or wrong answers, so please do just say as and what you feel like. And whenever you're ready, we're going to get started. I'm ready. Okay, fantastic. We'll start in three, two, one. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Oh, fear of mindset. Your favourite hobby? Hot yoga. Your biggest role model? Oprah. What would you like to be remembered for? Inspiration. Your biggest goal this year? To write a book. Your worst mistake? Not starting sooner. The lesson you learnt from it? Believe. If you could relive one day again, what day would it be? Uh, I think it would be the day the day that I first got the positive mindset. The day that... Anyway, this is supposed to be short answers. But no, no, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. The day everything changed. Um, it, it's a bit of a long story, so I won't... Uh, uh, Go into it in the, sh- in the quick fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you off for that one. But otherwise, we'll, I want to hear your stories, but brilliant, yeah. The ability to fly or be invisible? Fly. The number one thing that annoys you? Um, myself. <laughs> <laughs> money or fame? I think money. Your proudest moment? Um, 
I, I think my, my proudest moment is that, that we started the business because uh, I don't know, looking back, why I thought that I could. I'm glad you did. Thanks. Your favourite food? Raw cashew nut. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? All languages. What song best describes your life? Oh, I love I love the Labby Sifri song. Something inside so strong. Love that. And I love your rendition of it as well. <laughs> I'm not very good here, but it touches my heart because it makes everything, my all my hair stand up and it just makes me know and make us all know mm. that we have everything we need inside us, mm. but we shouldn't let anybody else pull us down. I love that message. And finally, if you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Learning. Love it. So sadly, that actually does bring us to the last question of the day which is about legacy and I know this is something that's obviously important to yourself because you want to be remembered for someone who inspires people so if in 150 years time science fails to save us and all that exists is this book and this book is about you it's about all of the weird and wonderful things that you've done in life firstly what would the title say and secondly what would the blurb at the back tell us about you the title would be yes you can and um, the blurb on the back would say that I inspired lots of people to change their lives for the better and create a life that they love. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. And when you say lots of people, have you got a figure in mind? I thought about that yeah. fleetingly and I I'm, I'm, I don't. I, I want to touch a lot of people. Let's and, make it and happen. We... <laughs> Let's get out there in the universe. We, we have the power, don't we, through the internet and, and it, it, it's so incredibly phenomenal. And um, yeah, I'd love to harness that power and move beyond helping people in property to um, helping people just flick the switch to yes you can absolutely i love that and just on the basis of property and obviously everything else that you do stephanie could you please let the listeners know how they can reach out to you following this show yeah if you're thinking of starting a property and um you'd like to think about a way where you don't need a lot of capital to start a great way to start is to download our free six-step system um, which you can get at renttorentsuccess.com. And if you've got, and also in there, you can get free online training and you can book a call with me to talk about it. Um, or you can contact me on Facebook. I'm Stephanie Taylor and, um, and, and message me. Fantastic. And what I will do is take all of those links off Stephanie after this show and I'll put them in the show notes for all you listeners. So you can literally click the link and it'll directly take you to her page. I do encourage you all to follow her journey. As you've seen, she's not only a successful business person, but she's also a wonderful lady. I want to take this moment just to say thank you to everyone at home for listening. And Stephanie, thank you so much for your time as well today. Thank you, Erin. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.